0: Hello everyone, I'm Divya Shekhar and this is from the bookshelves of Forbes India. Over the past few years, I've heard the word Ikigai quite a few times. Uh, The Japanese have a long tradition of finding the secret to a successful life and they have a word Ikigai to represent just that, a sense of purpose, happiness and balance in everyday life. To be honest, I had not given a lot of thought about Ikigai but recently I sat down with Francesc Miraches, who wrote the globally best-selling Ikigai series of books along with Hector Garcia. These books are quite the rage even today. And I was meeting him for the purpose of this podcast and the premise of the conversation was to understand how Ikigai can be applied to business and leadership. And what do the principles of Ikigai, like purpose, passion, patience and perseverance mean in a fast-paced professional world a world that's characterized by layoffs economic crises where young startup entrepreneurs flush with billions of dollars in funding want big results really quickly and he had some very interesting insights to offer here's how the conversation went listen up thank you for sitting down with us uh, for a chat Uh, Mr. Mirashi it's wonderful speaking with you Thank you. So, the first question that I wanted to ask you was, you wrote Ikigai back in 2016, and then you written a sequel, uh, which is sort of for the Ikigai journey, which is sort of a practical guide. Why did you write this? Yes. And what are the takeaways you hope that people will have from this particular book?
1: Yes, actually, we have written three books of Ikigai. Today, I have been given the Malayalam version of the last one. The first one was a kind of introduction to the world, the philosophy, the psychology of Ikigai. And so it was not a practical book. It was not a book of exercises. And when we published this book with a lot of success, many teachers, coaches, psychologists said, why don't you write a practical book so that we can put it into practice in the classroom, in the consultation with our clients. And so we wrote the Ikigai journey with uh, this focus in exercises, so that uh, through these 200 pages, everyone who has the book can do a lot of different practices to discover purpose, talent, project, the past, the future, the present, so. It's a totally practical book. And after the Ikigai journey, we wrote Ikigai for Teens, that is a book uh, addressed to children and teenagers.
0: Right, you know, since at Forbes our readership is mostly from the business community, what I wanted to ask you is that when you say, talk about find, uh, your, your ikigai or finding your purpose, how can that, how does that uh, reflect on running a business? Yes. Say when it comes to how can ikigai be transposed to say to money, to business? Yeah. Yes, right.
1: yeah. that's something that troubles to many young people that they think. Okay, if I become a pianist, if I become a writer, if I become an artist, how will I get money from that? And I say always that this is a process. So if you are living a kind of life, if you are working in a bank, if you are working in a company, and you want to be an artist, don't expect to earn money tomorrow. There is a transition time in which maybe you keep your older job, and you go liberating time every month a little more and you make the other business grow, the business that has to do with your Ikigai. And it can take different time. A friend of mine called Andrés Pascual, who is writer, he needed 10 years to leave his office as a lawyer and have a full life as a writer. So depending on what it is, maybe if you are going to open a shop or to open a yoga studio, it can be quicker, depending on the net that you have. But uh, Ikigai starts always as a passion, and if you want to do out of it a, a business, you will need a business plan, the same as if it was not an Ikigai. So you need a strategy and to know which people are you going to attract there, how are you going to transform it into money, so you need to join the spiritual and the practical life in one spot. Right.
0: Suppose I am someone who is running a very successful business and that's something that I want to do as well. What would Ikigai then mean to me in life?
1: Oh, I think people who run successful businesses, they open always new branches and normally spiritual branches. Think of, We can think of some examples. Uh, the the founder of Amazon is no more in front of the company and not uh, Bill Gates and many people. Normally, I think there is a part of life in which you try to establish material things and you open a business and you can be very successful. But when you have reached the top, then you need another kind of purpose, another kind of goals and then philanthropy It's very common in all these men and women, and then you want to do something that has to do with uh, a legacy, with spirituality, because you are every time closer to death, and the question that you put to yourself is, how do I want to be remembered? And then you try to create something that survives you. And so I think that business and spirituality can go together, and it's good that you earn money from one side and you can go, do good to the other side with this money. Right. So, I, I don't see any problem with that.
0: Right. And your book talks a lot about, say, patience and perseverance as one of the uh, virtues. In the business environment today, especially with a lot of startups and a lot of youngsters entering these, uh, you know, founding startups that are flush with a lot of funds, we find that a lot of people want results very quickly. Yes
1: especially young people. Yes. Because they have been born, they have grown in a world in which you you can buy with a click, you can establish a relationship with a click, you can communicate with a click. The older generations they were used to wait, but not this one. So it's a problem because if you can get something very quick, this will this won't be something very deep or something very permanent. Maybe you can earn a little of money, or maybe you can be in TikTok or Instagram, but tomorrow nobody will remember you, who you are. So I think um, you you can be young or older, it's the same. You must take a decision in your life. Uh, Or you follow, pursue the quick success, and the money, and the fame, and the followers, or you create something for a longer time that it it will be useful to people one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. So you must decide what kind of business do you want to do. But, of course, if you are only bound to immediate results, mm, you will be frustrated because when you have got that, what happens? What's next? So you will need always to scale the success and there will be one moment in which you cannot do it anymore.
0: How can one cultivate the patience that
1: one needs? To to cultivate the patience? To try analogical things. So instead of buying a book in, in an online bookshop, you go to a little bookshop in your quarter Maybe they don't have this title, but you order it and you wait two weeks. And instead of talking to your friend in Zoom or in WhatsApp, you take the bus and you go to an old cafe and you meet there face to face. So I think we can cultivate passion doing analogical things like visiting a museum, uh, going to to the forest without your cell phone. So, you will reconnect what, with what is he, to be a human.
0: It somehow seems to me as if technology is the antithesis or something. Te-
1: Actually, technology is a very good tool because during the pandemic, people who were alone, people who were ill could communicate with their loved ones. But the problem is that when we are the slaves of these tools and we are not over them, So, mm, I think it's uh, something relatively new and we still uh, need to learn how to manage. So, the way thing would be what Buddha said, the way of the middle. So, use all these devices, some hours a day, but be free of them the the rest of the day. So, maybe that after uh, 20, 8 p.m., you can be totally free of that and if somebody wants to contact you, you will answer tomorrow. It's also other way to practice the passions.
0: Could uh, or could finding your purpose influence your leadership style or what you achieve as a leader?
1: Yes. I think that leaders need purpose also to keep the good teams because a problem that many companies have is that the the most values uh, collaborators they are moving from one company to the other. And it means a big loss of talent and money. Because if you are doing formation all the time, if you are hiring all the time, you you lose uh, a lot of talent there. So if the company is ruled by purpose, and the boss has a purpose, and this purpose is conveyed to all the company, and they feel appreciated and they feel that they are learning and they feel that the work they are doing has a purpose for the world it's doing good to the world it's easier that these uh, good professionals will keep in the office
0: we are at a time when uh, you are seeing a lot of ups and downs in the world of business uh, there you know there have been massive layoffs people have lost their jobs people have been sacked and in such a scenario, how or there's, there's inflation, there's an economic crisis, there are so many uh, things around. In such a scenario, how does one think about purpose? Because all one can see at that point is that, okay, I had a job and that's not there anymore. For yeah, example.
1: but it happened the other way also. In United States, happened what was named the Great Resignation. After the pandemic, Many people could recover their jobs, but they didn't want to go. Especially jobs in services, like waiter, working uh, in industry and this. Many people had rethought their lives, and they said, okay, maybe I can survive without that, and try something else, open a startup, becoming a therapist, doing this, being a freelancer, so. I think that When you are without nothing, because maybe you are fired or you lose your job or you decide to quit, then purpose uh, takes all the place. Then uh, you have the space to think, okay, I don't know if I am going to live one year, ten years, thirty years. What do I want to do with the rest of my life? And I think that every time more people try to do something that is meaningful for them, because in the end we are going to spend a third of our lives in the job. Yeah. So, it, it'd be better, like Confucius said, that you do something that you love. Because if you do something that you love, you are not going work a single day in your life.
0: Right. And I want to discuss a chapter in this book called uh, Senpai, and I hope I'm pronouncing yes. it correctly. Senpai. The need for mentors,
1: yes, yes,
0: How does one find mentors in life, and how does one uh, you yeah. know decide on I, I seeking was, mentorship?
1: De- depending on the activity. In the Japanese style, for instance, if you want to be a very good programmer, you find somebody who has been doing that the last 20 years. So the mentor is not exactly the senpai, not exactly a professor, but it's something with a lot of experience of that. If you want to open a startup, and I have opened 100 startups and 20 went well, uh, you will invite me to dinner, uh, and you will seek for my advice, and I will tell you, uh, you must look for a business angel, but don't do that, the, you have this danger. So I would say the, the perfect senpai, the perfect mentor, is the one who has the experience in exactly what you pretend to do. So somebody older than you that was already in this way, so that it. It's like a a travel guide that can say, okay, you will find this difficulty and you will find this other difficulty, but you have this solution and you have this plan B. So, it must be somebody who is generous and somebody who is able to share experience.
0: Right. And how does one find these matters? How does one seek these
1: methods? Yes, mentors? yes uh, depending in, in which speciality. For instance... If you want to be a writer, write to your favorite writer and ask him, ask her, where can you go? And maybe this writer was in a in a school or had another mentor. And uh, the normal is that it will say, okay, I cannot accompany you, but I know this person that is working with a student of mine that is very compassionate and that can help you. Uh, I would say start sending emails even to the very famous people, and in the end, the the way will appear in front of you.
0: And how does one deal with the fear that one has when one, you know, tries to... There are different things, like during the session, uh, you know, say they ask you, like, okay, what if I don't earn enough money in what I choose to do, or any other fear that you might have. But
1: I think that you must do it step by step. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if you want to be a therapist... The professional said that you need four years to establish a group of clients that can give you money. So don't pretend that tomorrow you open your consultation and it will be full. So there are other kind of things that you have to do. Maybe you you must start writing little news in your blog, going to conferences, working, collaborating with other therapists, giving free sessions so that they know you, going with where the clients are so maybe the first year will be a year of promotion and you need to keep your old job and then when you are known by 500 people maybe you can start getting money from that but first you need the experience and then you will find a way to convert this in money.
0: And my last uh, two questions, Uh, what for you, what is the biggest uh, lesson that you hope people will get from
1: this book when they read? I think there are many lessons but maybe the biggest one is that life is short and that uh, everyone should follow their purpose because this is what gives meaning to life and if you are going to live a single day only, if you live it with purpose, it will be a well-lived life.
0: And my last question is, how can businesses and how can business leaders put purpose over profit? Yes. And is that even possible in a world that is driven by capitalism? No, I,
1: I would say that they must invert the equation. If you think only in money, there are many, many people who think in money. So you are going to have a huge competence. But if you think in purpose, this is a minority. And for instance, if you like the story of the history of Apple, they were not thinking of money. They were thinking of doing a computer that nobody else had done ever. So if you start with the purpose, actually, it's easier that you get rich with that. Yeah. But if you think of money, then better go to the casino.
0: Yeah, <laughs> great. Thank you. Thank you thank so you much, very much for joining us.
1: Thank you. It was a very good interview.
0: Thank you so much. So, listeners, that was Francesc Mirachais who I had met on the sidelines of the Kerala Literature Festival in Kauri Code. As always, thank you for listening in. I'd love to know what you think. This is Divya Shekhar. See you next time.